Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Well, hello, Numa Church, and everybody who's watching online as we just get set up here. Uh, just want to tell you how much we're missing you. Uh, you're in our hearts, you're in our thoughts and prayers. And Simone and I and the leadership team here, right across our board, elders and executive team, really are carrying you as a church in our hearts in this season. It's hard to believe that we are nearing October. And as we head towards Christmas, uh, can I encourage you around three things? Firstly, stay fervent in prayer. Uh, we believe that prayer fuels power and prayer brings breakthrough. And so we're going to pray like we've never prayed before. Our city needs prayer. Our state needs prayer. Our world needs prayer. We all need prayer. So let's stay fervent in prayer. Secondly, can I encourage you to stay faithful in your giving, particularly when it comes to your tithe and your offerings. Uh, we need to stay faithful in all that God has asked us to do in His Word, stay obedient to His Word, stay prioritising the Kingdom of God and the house of God in our giving. Why? Because it's not just going to be a blessing to us, but it's one of the ways that God protects our income and protects us financially from all the external circumstances that threaten our financial well-being. And so let's keep giving, let's keep honouring God with our tithe. And lastly, let's stay focused on Jesus. I love that song we're singing, to turn our eyes upon Jesus. What a powerful song. This is not a time to, to turn our eyes to the things of the world because you're not going to get much encouragement there. Be informed, but turn your eyes toward Jesus. And I've come today with a word in season. I believe God's Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And we as a church are uh, creating our, our own roadmap to the future of what God has for us. And over the next two uh, months, we're going to be articulating as we get more information coming through about where things are at. We're going to communicate over the coming weeks and months what God has called us to as a church and where, where He's called us to position ourselves as we move forward into the future. Can I encourage you to get your spirit ready for a word in season? God is gonna speak to you. Let's pray together. Father, we just come to You today. We thank You, O God, for Your goodness and Your grace. We thank You, Father, that You are faithful in every season. You stay the same yesterday, today and forever in Your character, but Your ways are dynamic. Help us to be flexible, O oh God, to the wind of Your Spirit. Where We are born of the Spirit. We are men and women of God filled with the Spirit. And I'm praying right now, Father, that Lord, Your Word would build faith in our hearts. It would stir faith in our spirits, O oh God, to stand firm and having done all to stand firm in Jesus' Name. And so God, would You take this Word today? Would You open the eyes of our heart to see, O oh God, what You see? open our ears to hear what You are saying to us. And Father, we just thank You for the privilege and opportunity, Lord, to receive of Your Word, to come under the authority of Your Word and to apply it and live it out in our lives. In Jesus' Name I pray, Amen. Well, I wanna invite you to turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. And God spoke to me 
uh, from this passage a few weeks ago, and uh, I want to encourage you with it whilst you're turning there. 1 Samuel 30 verses 1 to 10. Just want to let you know that next week we're starting a new series called Identity Crisis. And we're going to be talking all things about our identity in Christ, who we are, what we have in Christ. If ever there was a time for us to know and understand who we are in Christ, uh, this is the time. And so make sure over five weeks you connect every Sunday. Don't get lazy. Don't get complacent. Stay engaged and connected. And parents, understand the dynamics of kids during this season. Make sure your kids stay connected online to Kids Church. They're producing amazing ministry and it's going to be a blessing to your children. But let's really connect in to Numa Online over these next six weeks. I believe God is going to speak to us powerfully 1 Samuel 30, verse 1 to 10 says this. Now, when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid against the Negev and against Ziklag. They had overcome Ziklag and burned it with fire and taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. They killed no one, but carried them off and went their way. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire. And their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. David's two wives also had been taken captive. Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. I'd be distressed too. Because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought the ephod to David and David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue after this band? Shall I overtake them? He answered him, that is God answered, pursue for you shall surely overtake and shall surely rescue. So David set out the 600 men who were with him and they came to the brook Besor where those who were left behind stayed. But David pursued he and the 400 men, 200 stayed behind and were too exhausted to cross the brook Besor. I wanna speak to you down the subject, bitter or better. You have a choice today in this season whether you're going to allow bitterness to creep into your heart with what's happening or not happening in your life right now or whether you're gonna choose to respond in a better way. Now for me, when I heard the Premier's recent roadmap to recovery, to be absolutely honest with you, I sort of felt like it was more like a blueprint to wandering around Alcatraz. And uh, I had to find myself wrestling with my emotions, wrestling with my own responses to that. And so I decided that I would process those emotions by going on a long run. Well, 17 kilometres later, there were a few issues to process, I came to some real conclusions. And as I ran over that distance, every single person I ran past, there was a lot of people out walking that day and running that day, every single person that was on the phone, every single person that was talking with loved ones, standing next to them or walking next to them, Every single conversation was about how hopeless this whole lockdown situation is. And I began to think how in contrast to our culture, God's called us to be carriers of hope to a hopeless world. 
You see, the greater the hopelessness around us, the greater the opportunity we as the church have to be a voice of hope, to be a voice of influence in this season. We've got to decide to be a thermostat that actually changes the spiritual temperature around us and not simply a thermometer that measures or critiques the chaos or what isn't happening or what is happening in the culture around us. It doesn't take a genius to be able to critique and measure the temperature of what's going on in the world, but it takes a person of faith to actually begin to bring about change in our own circle of influence with our own relationships, be it online, whatever it is, to bring a message of hope to the world around us. I'm reminded that God didn't call Moses to be a commentator of Egypt. He called Moses to be a deliverer of God's people. He simply called him to go to the, the, the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, and say, let my people go. And God was gonna do what Moses cannot do. You see, when the hope filled become the hopeless, we lose our voice of influence in the culture around us. And someone once said, he who has the most hope has the most influence. Where is our source of hope in this season? Is our source of hope in the atmosphere and external environment around us? No, Colossians 1.27 tells us, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Our hope is not built on the flimsy foundations of this world, the shifting sands of decisions being made that we can't control. Our hope is built on the living presence of the Spirit of Christ that dwells inside every single one of us. And Jesus in Matthew 7, 24 says this, everyone who hears and obeys these words of mine, will be like a man who built his house upon the rock. And the wind and the waves beat against that house, but the house stood firm. You know, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 6.13 says, and having done all, stand firm. That was a word of the Lord to me just over the last week where God said, son, you're doing all you can do, simply stand firm. You may feel overwhelmed right now. You may feel that you're in a hopeless situation. Can I encourage you? Stand firm upon the truth and the rock of God's Word. Because when the winds and waves of life beat against you, you may feel like you're being beaten up by life right now. And yet if you're building your life upon the truth of God's Word, no matter how buffeted you may feel or buffeted you may feel in this lockdown season, you can stand firm in Jesus' Name in everything that God has called you to do. You see, what our church looks like and what your life looks like three months after lockdown will be determined by the response you make right now in this season. I'm so conscious of how we respond towards God. We're gonna respond Godward and not manward in this season. Yep, lockdown does suck, but it can't take away your anointing and it can't take away your position in Christ. Ephesians 1 says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Lockdown is inconvenient beyond words and difficult, but it can't take away the purpose of God for your life, the call of God for your life. God 
God still loves you. God still called you. God still has a purpose for your life. God's vision for our church remains the same. God's character is consistent in every single season. Don't you dare let the voices and circumstances of the world rob you of what God has called you to, even in this season, let alone on the other side of this season. Imagine with me a yacht in a race like Sydney to Hobart Yacht Race. And uh, that yacht, we know of that race that many yachts and many boats actually uh, sink during that race, all depending upon how they navigate the winds coming against them. The same boat that could sink by not adjusting their sails to the wind is the same boat that if it adjusted sails properly and appropriately can actually uh, sail that boat to victory. I believe the same thing happens in the spirit realm in our lives. There is a wind of the spirit that is blowing across our state, across our city, beyond what we see in the news headlines. There's a wind of the spirit that's blowing throughout our church. There's a wind of the spirit that's blowing in our hearts. We have got to adjust the sails of our heart to what the wind of the spirit is doing, to what God is wanting to do. We've got to catch what God is doing if we go to walk in victory in everything that God has called us to in this season. I believe prophetically that we are in a season of transition globally and spiritually. And in transitional seasons, it's absolutely critical because they have the potential for both loss and reward. And in 1 Samuel chapter 30, as we read about David's own loss, his own distress as Ziklag is being burned, David finds himself in a transitional moment. The Bible says in verses one to two, now when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid against the Negeb and against Ziklag. They had overcome Ziklag and burned it with fire and taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. Now you need to understand something about Ziklag. Ziklag was a town that was in a transitional zone between two major cities, the Negeb and the Shephela. And the Amalekites, the enemies of God's people, attacked Ziglag, this place of transition. They burned Ziglag with fire. They took all of the possessions. They took all of the women and children, all of David and his army's families. They took everything after they had burned that city with fire. These Amalekites were the same group who had attacked Israel in the wilderness hundreds of years before. These Amalekites were the same group of people that God asked King Saul to destroy, but Saul didn't obey fully what God had asked him to do. You see, what one generation fails to take responsibility for, the next generation has to suffer the the consequences of, and King David is now suffering the consequences in his own family and his own life for what his mentor and his father should have taken responsibility for, his father in the faith, King Saul, should have actually fought the battles that David was now having to fight. You see, right now we find ourselves in a generation where even our own children across primary schools and high schools all across the state of Victoria are asking questions 
that have never been asked before. They're asking questions around gender fluidity. They're asking questions around their own sexual identity. Am I really a male? Am I really a female? What's going on? Why is it that we have a generation that is young as five, six and seven are asking questions that should have been conquered years before, but because a generation in the past didn't take a stand, didn't stand firm, didn't take responsibility to speak to the lions that are prowling around, roaring and trying to devour our young people. We now have to fight those battles in this season. I'm telling you what we fail to obey when God asks us to do something, we, those who come after us, the coming generations have to fight those battles. In Song of Solomon 2.15, it says, it's the little foxes that spoil the vineyard. There is one surefire way for the, the, the uh, vine to be spoiled. And that is the little foxes, the little agendas of the enemy start to get in and dismantle the fundamental foundation of truth that we have come to honour and love as followers of Jesus. You know, when Simone was in labour with each of our three children, she entered into that moment of transition. And every mother knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's filled with weeping and gnashing of teeth and much pain. To be honest with you, I was in fear for my life. I'm like, what? who is this person that's on this bed right now that is threatening to kill me? And uh, I, there were things being thrown at me. And uh, I, I sort of, you know, was startled. And I said, why did you throw? that. She said, you were sleeping. Don't you dare fall asleep on me. I said, I wasn't sleeping. I was interceding. She said, you were snoring. I said, look, I'm interceding with groans that cannot be explained. And, and then it was like, you know, well, she said, don't you dare fall asleep on me because you did this to me. And so to be honest, I was in fear for my life. But all I know is when you go through seasons of transition, be it in the natural, be it in the supernatural, it sometimes times is accompanied by pain. Well, guess what? COVID-19 prophetically is a transition season. The potential is there for both loss and reward. And what determines whether or not you permanently suffer loss or reward is your response towards God when everything and everyone goes against you. This is exactly what happened in King David's life. The Bible says in verse four and six, David and the people with him raised their voices. They wept until they had no more strength to weep. And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because all the people were bitter in soul. I want you to consider David's situation for a moment. Put yourself in David's shoes. His wives and his children have been taken. The city that he has been entrusted with has been burned. His own team wanted to kill him because they've also lost out too. David and his men were so distressed, they were emotionally exhausted. The Bible says they had no more strength to weep. This is a very difficult, challenging, stressful situation. And into that moment of vulnerability, an arrow of bitterness attacked their hearts. Now we have a friend in our world and a friend of Numa Church, Dr. Michael and Mary Maiden. And they have an amazing story. And uh, Dr. Michael's coming back to our revival conference in 2021 to prophesy and preach God's Word to us 
But here's an amazing story where as a senior pastor many decades ago, he had a business manager that embezzled over $20 million in the life of the church. This resulted in the church and Michael Maiden being on the front page of the newspaper, most uh, popular newspaper in Phoenix, Arizona, a total of eight times. His church uh, just grew from 4,000 to 150 people. Uh, he found himself going into two years of clinical depression. There were several uh, lawsuits filed against him. His family ended up homeless. His son, drug addicted. And into that moment of vulnerability, he felt bitterness towards people and towards God and everyone around him starting to attack his heart. But he had to make a decision. Was he going to become bitter or was he going to become better? He had to make a decision like every single one of us have to make in this season. And he chose to become better. He chose to respond towards God despite his circumstances rather than responding manward. Can I encourage you in this season to please guard against bitterness defiling your heart? Because if you don't guard your heart, that bitterness is gonna lead you to start to blame others start to blame God when it's not His fault, start to blame pastors and the church and, and your dog and your cat and, and your next door neighbour. And we start to blame other people rather than taking responsibility for our response towards God. You see, bitterness blinds you to what God is trying to teach you. In a season like this, the wrong question is, why me? Why am I going through this? The better question is, what can I learn from this to help me grow? What is it that I can actually do? I may not be able to control that. I may not be able to control that. But what is it that I can do to help me grow towards God in this season? Hebrews 12, 15 says this, See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and by it many become defiled. You see, what the enemy does is he uses problems to appear bigger than the solutions we carry in our own walk with God. I wanna tell you today, your problem isn't bigger than Christ in you, the hope of glory. Your problem isn't bigger than the solutions that the Holy Spirit has in your life. He lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit, our parakletos, is our helper, is our wonderful counsellor. He is our empowerer. He is our sanctifier. The Holy Spirit is the most important person on earth right now. And He's available. He's accessible by faith. You've just got to reach out. You've got to ask Him. You've got to understand who He is through His Word. And you've got to ask the Spirit of God to actually begin to help you and minister to you in this time of need. Guard your heart against bitterness. What do you do when your soul is so distressed like these men and like King David that you despair of life itself? Well, you do the only thing you can do. You strengthen yourself in the Lord. You see, the Bible tells us that David, verse six, strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And he said to Abiathar, the priest, bring me the ephod. And David inquired of the Lord. Now note this, David couldn't reach out to the Philistine army 
because they were essentially distrustful of David because David in a previous season had been fighting against the Philistines, conquered Goliath. The Philistines weren't too sure about David. David couldn't reach out to King Saul and the armies of Israel because King Saul was trying to chase him down and kill him. He found himself in a situation where David could only turn to God. The Bible says in Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and is safe. You see, COVID-19 is a season where our options of escape, especially the Victorians, are fairly limited. And so you've got to understand that sometimes in life, you find yourself with your back against the wall. You can't turn to the left. You can't turn to the right. But there's someone you can turn to and He's accessible 24-7. And that's the Name of the Lord. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the truth of God's Word in your life. You see, that word strengthen in Hebrew means to become powerful. It means to be fortified, to prevail over that which is coming against you. You know, David had to take responsibility for his own spiritual health. To strengthen himself meant that he was prevailing over his emotion. He was prevailing over the bitterness that was coming against him. When I was an itinerant preacher, there were many times where I had no one else to turn to in a difficult situation. I was out by myself. Thank God for my hosts and those people who were looking after me. But to be honest with you, they could only do so much. And there were many moments, whether I was preaching across Europe by myself for an entire month and got stranded and lost in the middle of the Czech Republic with no contacts, no one was answering phones for several hours in the day, didn't know what was gonna happen, if my organs were gonna be harvested or what was gonna happen. I, I, when I was sick in Indonesia, Jakarta, I actually brought back a bug into this country that they were threatening to quarantine me because it didn't exist in this country. I am not responsible for COVID. Just wanna let you know about that many years ago. Not only that, I remember having to preach 22 times in like six days. And by about uh, sermon 13, I thought to myself, this has hairs all over it. I don't like this. I need help right now in Jesus' name. I remember being lost in the Pacific Islands with my executive assistant, Kai Siao, losing luggage for several days, We're wearing Fiji and traditional clothes. And I can tell you it was a sight. Preaching uh, and, and all of a sudden you realise, you know what? There's no one else to turn to. All I can turn to is say, God, I need your grace. And yet God's Word is true. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. We've got to strengthen ourselves in God in this season. How do you strengthen yourself in God? Well, we have this uh, amazing plant here on stage that's quickly growing into a tree. So we better finish this sermon so that it doesn't go through the roof. Uh, but you know, the thing about a plant is, and even you might not be able to see completely, but the thing about a plant is that in order for that plant to grow strong, to grow toil, uh, tall in the soil of where that plant is planted, it actually needs to be tied to a stake. And there is a stake that's connected to this tree. But you know what? I began to think about how in our spiritual lives, we need certain stakes in our lives to actually help us grow strong. And what it looks like to strengthen ourselves in God is to put these stakes into our heart, into our own relationship with God. One of those stakes is prayer. 
and my amazing helper here, Pastor Jade, is gonna help us here. We need to actually put a stake of prayer into our lives. You see, the Bible tells us that David inquired of God. When I talk about prayer, I'm not talking about desperate prayers. I'm not talking about begging prayers. I'm talking about prayers of inquiry. What did David do? He went and he asked for the ephod. What was the ephod? It was a priestly garment that was used and consulted to get revelation, particularly when it came to strategic military operations. And David asked, shall I actually go after these Amalekites? Shall I recover? What do you want me to do? You know, in this season, you need to inquire of God. God, what do you want me to do today? I can't do this and I can't do that, but what can I do? What is it that you want me to do in this season of my life? Stop having a pity party and turn it into a prayer party and actually start to focus yourself on what you can do out of the leading of the Holy Spirit. Not only that, but we need to reach out to a person. Uh, David reached out to a biopher. You need to have some people in your life that you are reaching out to in this season because even though David felt alone, he wasn't alone. The Bible says there was one, Abiathar, who didn't wanna stone him, who was there silently just standing beside him, being a faithful, lawyer, loyal friend, and David reached out to him. Who is your Abiathar in this season? Can I encourage you to call them, reach out to them, do a Zoom chat, do whatever you gotta do to connect with them? Why? Because every single one of us, if we're gonna strengthen ourselves in God, needs that person in our life who is gonna point us towards revelation, towards the truth of who Jesus is. Not only that, but praise. We need to put the stake of praise into the soil of our hearts. Now, we don't know whether David in this actual moment praised, but we do know from Psalms that he was a man of praise. The Bible says in Psalm 34.1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Can I encourage you? There've been moments in this season I've had to praise my way out of it. That oppressive spirit tries to come upon me and dismantle the truth of what I know about God and His Word. I've had to praise, lift up a sacrifice of praise in the midst of it. Not only that, but you need to understand how to prophesy your prophecies. One of the most important things that we can do in this season is to prophesy over ourselves. If you wanna learn how to prophesy, begin with yourself. Before I ever prophesied over someone, in fact, I may prophesy at the end of this service. Before I ever prophesy over anybody, I actually learned how to prophesy over myself. I don't know whether David prophesied over himself. It doesn't say in the text, but I do know in other parts of the Bible, it tells us that by the prophecies previously made about you, wage good warfare over them. What does that mean? Bring them to mind, recall them, declare them, prophesy over yourself. How do you strengthen yourself in God? You stay focused on your purpose. You see, one of the most amazing things for David is that he's, his purpose, God's purpose for his life remained unchanged. God did not change the anointing upon him to be king just because he was facing a contradiction. David was anointed to be king and this issue at Ziklag was not gonna change anything. 
I wanna tell you today, whilst God has called you and He's purposed something amazing for your life, He is not responsible to make you reach your potential. That's your responsibility. You've got to choose to partner with the purpose of God for your life. God's anointed you, God's called you, and God's got a great purpose for you. But you have got to partner by faith with the purpose of God for your life. You've got to actually seek God and make a decision. I'm staying focused on my purpose despite COVID, despite what's going on around me, despite all the chaos and tragedy that's going on. I am remaining fixed on my purpose. And lastly, we've got to get about pursuing the call of God. You see, the Bible tells us that David set out. Let's put this over here. We're getting a lot of stakes in the ground. Let me tell you, thought, how do you strengthen yourself in God? Look at all these uh, uh, solutions and stakes that God is giving to us. We've got to set out and pursue what God has called us to do. David said, what do I do? Do I set out? Do I follow these guys? Do I recover? And God said, go, I'll be with you. You will recover all. And this was the outcome of David's response to God. Listen to it. Verse 18 to 20 of 1 Samuel 30. Here it is. David recovered all that the Amalekites had taken. And David rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, whether small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that had been taken. David brought back all. Guess what? I did a study of the word all and guess what it means? All. He took back everything that had been lost. Not only that, but he captured all. There it is again, the flocks and herds and the people who drove the livestock before him said, this is David's spoil. I wanna tell you something today that as I read this passage, God brought this into my spirit and it's so important. If you don't catch anything, you've gotta catch this right now. And that is the measure of your spoil will be in direct correlation to your response towards God despite your circumstances. That's so good, I need to say it again. The measure of your spoil will be in direct correlation to your response towards God despite your circumstances. This is exactly what David did. He responded towards God by strengthening himself in God, praying, pursuing, remaining focused on his purpose, putting all of these stakes that we've talked about into action in his life. Can you imagine with me if David had actually allowed bitterness to grip his soul? I mean, let's just think about that for a moment. If David had have responded like all of his men, like all of his soldiers and all of his team, not only would he have not recovered his wife and kids and possessions, not only would he not have had extra spoil to boot, he could have actually missed his purpose and missed his destiny of what God had actually called him to. But because he responded towards God, despite his circumstances, his private breakthrough resulted in corporate blessing. Your breakthrough is not just about you. It's about people around you. It's about generations to come from you. It's about families and neighbours and colleagues that you work with in the workplace. Stop making your breakthrough just about you. It's not about you. We don't exist for just us. We exist to bring your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. My breakthrough's your breakthrough. Your breakthrough's my breakthrough. It will result 
result in corporate blessing in our lives when we take the initiative to actually strengthen ourselves in God. David had a choice, like every single one of us have a choice, to become bitter or to become better. You may feel like you're in Ziklag right now, this place of transition, transition with work, Transition in money, transition in your health, transition in isolation, transition in relationships. However, I'm telling you, though you may feel the burning embers of loss around you, I'm here to prophesy over you today, there is spoil on the other side of this season. There is something that God has for you, that He wants you to walk in, that He wants you to fulfill. There's a calling, there's a destiny. Don't you dare walk away. Don't you let bitterness grip your heart. Don't you dare give up. Why? Because you're going to make a full recovery. Not only a full recovery, but there's going to be spoil on the other side of this season. You see, God will always reward you when you choose to strengthen yourself in God, to respond towards God despite your circumstances. I remember when my mother passed away and the months that followed were some of the most difficult of my entire life. And there were things I discovered about the challenges that my own mum and dad had faced in their lives with her sickness and in the season leading up to her death that I, I found myself becoming upset, angry, and almost bitter in my heart towards life, towards God, towards circumstances. But I made a decision to guard my heart, to respond God would instead of man would, to actually strengthen myself in God despite my circumstances. And as I responded in that way, the spoil of my ministry exploded. I saw more people get saved. I saw more breakthrough. I saw more financial blessing. I saw more happen in my life. Why? Because God will always reward you when you take the initiative to strengthen yourself in Him. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. But he who comes to God must believe that He exists and that He is, here it is, a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You know, right now I wanna pray for you because I know that some of you are wrestling with bitterness, wrestling with anger, wrestling with frustration, and it's not a healthy place to be. I get it, I understand it. I've experienced that myself in this season. But today, David has reminded us to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, right now I thank You, Lord, for every single person that's watching this online, every single person that's listening to this message. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that God, You would come through this Word and You would apply the truth of this Word to our hearts, that You would help us to, by the power of Your Spirit, put this truth into action today. That God, we would begin to see, oh God, that which the enemy meant for evil turned into good. I pray today, Father, that we would choose to become better and not bitter. I pray today, Father, that, Lord, that we would be mindful of the fact that there are things that we can do in this season. We can pray, we can pursue, we can prophesy. Lord, we can remain focused on our purpose. We can praise, we can reach out to that person. There are things that we can do to strengthen ourselves in God in this season. And Father, I pray today, Lord, that there would come such a gift of faith such an anointing of Your Spirit upon us that we would, having done all, stand firm in faith. In Jesus' Name I pray today. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message today. 
We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.